Had I prioritized my relationship with my best friends and the people in my dorm and my family, if I really focused on that, the ending of this relationship would not have broke me and affected me the way that it did. Hello, you beautiful soul, and welcome to the Evolve with Evelyn podcast, where we break through all the fears, obstacles, and limiting beliefs that are holding you back from the life, relationships, and business or career you desire. I am your host, Evelyn Huynh, founder of Evolve and Unite Coaching Institute, speaker and transformational life coach specializing in inner child and generational trauma healing. Join me each week to heal and strengthen the relationship with yourself and activate your authentic voice so that you can evolve mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. What is up, you beautiful soul? And welcome back to the Evolve with Evelyn podcast. This is part three of the relationship series. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I actually decided for the month of February, each week I was going to or am launching an episode where I break down the teachings, the lessons, the learnings, the wisdom, and the experiences I've had in four of my most toxic relationships, which is honestly pretty much my only relationships. They were all toxic, which is why I've been single for over five years to really work on myself and heal. And in every single one of these relationships, there are so many themes and things that have happened that relate directly to the things that my clients are now struggling with. So I just had this aha moment and I'm like, February is deemed as this month of love. You know, there's pinks and reds and hearts and candies and rom-coms and proposals and marriage and babies and wedding rings and all these different things. And while I'm, you know, still a hopeless romantic and I do love all those things, I also know that it is a really tough time for a lot of people, especially you know, women who have high expectations or have certain expectations around February or around Valentine's Day because of the media, because of marketing and things like that. So obviously, Valentine's Day is over now as this episode has come out, but it's still considered the month of love. So we are in part three of my most toxic relationship and of the relationship series. And I'm excited about this one. And when I say excited, it's because I feel like there's a lot more that happened (laughs) compared to part one and two. And you're like, how the fuck can this be even more nuts? And trust me, this one's nuts. And then part four, which is the last part that's coming out next Thursday, is the wildest of all of them. So in today's episode, I'll be going over some major themes like women making the first move, self-confidence, going over abandonment wounds, but on a different level, sabotaged friendships or self-sabotaging, anxious attachment styles, and there's a lot more in it. So Stay tuned till the very end because I know for a fact that there will be a lot of things that you'll be able to learn and take away in this episode. So without further ado, we're going to just jump right in. And again, for the purpose of privacy, I have renamed this person Corey, which is not their actual name. 
So Corey and I actually met in college, right? This is where all love stories begin, don't they? So we actually met in college and one day I was going to the mall with a friend to get some stuff and we had gone to this shoe store. And Corey was the person that was helping me. And we kind of hit it off. We were flirting. Mind you, this was around the time when I really started taking care of my body. I was really prioritizing my fitness and health. And so when you prioritize your fitness and health and you are feeling more confident in your body, you're feeling healthy, you're feeling energized, that confidence, not only internally, but also externally, just affects the way that you show up. You're more what's that word? Uh, infect Your energy is infectious and it makes you want to put yourself out there. It makes you want to actually meet people instead of just like hide away in, in a shell, which is actually what I had done for most of my life. I struggled with body dysmorphia. I struggled with my weight and the way that I looked and so this was really one of the first times in my life where I had actually lost the weight I was and not that the weight equals confidence but for me losing that weight also meant really prioritizing my mental and physical health and so it was accumulation of the inner work the going to the gym eating healthier and just feeling sexier in my body which made it easier for me to approach people and so I hit it off with this guy. Mind you, we're just talking and we're flirting. I bust back to my dorm because I was in first year university at this time. And yes, I was in a dorm room with two other roommates. And I remember going back to the dorm room and being like, I cannot stop thinking about this guy. Have you ever had those moments where you meet someone and you're like, I cannot get them out of my head, but I didn't have the courage to ask them for their number at that time and so I kept thinking about him and I was like I can't let this go like we had you know some sort of chemistry or connection so guess what I did I called up his work I found the the number for his work and I called and I was like hey I was there earlier today and I was being helped by someone named Corey. Are they still working? And they're like, yeah. So they get Corey on the phone. I'm like, hey, Corey, it's Evelyn. We had just met literally 30 minutes ago. I just got back to my dorm. And then long story short, I ended up asking for his number and he ended up giving it to me. And that kind of started everything. We just started texting for the next, I don't even know, like week. I don't really know time frames because I can't remember, but I do know that it was like you went in hard and you go in fast. And that's exactly what happened. And so women making the first move, I really want to talk about this for a quick second because I have a lot of female friends where we'll be talking about dating life and guys and all these things and they're like oh you know I'm talking to this guy or I met him at the dog park but I want him to make the first move and I'm over here like if you have the hots for this dude why don't you just go and ask him for his number she's like no like he needs to make the first move like he needs to be the man and I kind of I I personally this is my own opinion and own beliefs I kind of feel a type of way about that because it doesn't matter what gender you are. I feel like if you are infatuated with someone, if you want a certain outcome or have a certain intention, be okay with being the person who make the first move. I don't even, I'm like tripping over my words because I'm so passionate about this. I feel like as 
a society, we've been taught to just play it safe in so many areas. We're afraid of putting ourselves out there because, you know, we don't want to seem vulnerable or weak or we don't want to be rejected. And so we would rather just play it safe and not even open up that door. But what if you making the first move is the exact reason you end up with the love of your life and that gets to be the greatest love story? But everywhere around me, I see so often where relationships don't have the opportunity or the chance to bloom because people are so afraid of being honest and vulnerable and putting themselves out there. I mean, at the end of the day, ask yourself, what is the worst thing that can happen? They say no. Okay, there's like billions of other people in the world. They say no, but that doesn't make that doesn't mean anything about you. What's another worst case scenario like literally them saying no and you turning away and then moving on with your life is literally the worst case but so many of us are so terrified of saying no because guess what that no if we haven't healed and worked on our abandonment wounds from childhood we make that no mean something about us and thankfully for me at this point I had gotten used to saying to hearing the words no, not from like partners and people, but I was in jobs where I my job was to be a brand ambassador. I would be handing out, you know, swag and and gift bags to people for free. And literally in a six hour shift, I could probably talk to like 500 people and maybe out of the 500 people, 400 people say no. And 100 people are like, yeah, like I'll take that swag bag. So I learned in a really unique way that no is just no. It doesn't mean anything about you. And so it's okay to ask. It's okay to put yourself out there. Like if I had called and he said no, I'd be like, okay, I'm probably never going to see this man again. Moving on with my life. He probably has a girlfriend or he's probably just not interested, right? Stop making things mean something about you and put yourself out there. Otherwise, you are literally holding yourself back from receiving so much love. So that was a complete side note. I was not expecting myself to go on a a rant in that section, but I hope that that resonated with you in, in some way. So the woman making the first move, this also comes with self-confidence. So do the inner work that you need to really work on yourself. If you're not feeling confident in who you are or how you show up, what do you need to do in order to make that a reality? So for some people, that might be hiring coaches or it might be spending time every single day and really doing the inner work or it might be getting a gym membership and hiring a fitness coach or taking your fitness and health goals seriously. We, so many of us struggle with a lack of confidence, yet we're also not doing anything about it, which we're kind of just setting ourselves up for disappointment and failure. You know what I mean? So fast forward, now we're talking and this was around, I want to say like late January, early February. So it was actually around the time of Valentine's Day. And it's so funny because it's kind of almost this relationship was exactly seven years today we met in no this was in 2012 so almost nine like 10 years ago today holy shit it's been a fucking decade sorry just (laughs) when you start talking about years you're like holy shit I'm old no 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 it was nine years sorry nine years ago today this happened so he's in the military 
and or he was in the military at this time and he worked in a unit that dealt with really private information where when you work in that unit your family members like there are times where you might you know disappear or things happen and everything's very 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 confidential it's a very confidential part of the military if that makes any sense at all and so on valentine's day i remember he showed up on my dorm with a dozen roses he was in his military uniform and i was like oh my god this is everything from the fucking movie like this is like my picture perfect it's like i'm such a hopeless romantic i gush over surprises so like and i never received that in my life so when i did get that i was just head over heels infatuated this man and for me being the hopeless romantic that I am when I fall I fall hard and I fall fast and that has led me into very not so great places so keep listening because this (laughs) takes a turn so he showed up at my dorm with a dozen roses and you know fast forward we hang out a lot we talk a lot he stays at my dorm a lot and he sleeps over and then I think it was about a month later, out of the fucking blue, mind you, he stayed over one night and then in the morning I would go off to classes and sometimes he'd go off to work and he would just leave and then, you know, we would text and he would come back where I would go and hang out with him or see his parents, da 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 da. At this point, what ended up happening was I came home from work and I had gotten a text And it was this long text. He had disappeared. He took everything of his with him. And long story short, this text essentially said, I'm sorry, it's not you, it's me. I'm like, why the fuck does this keep happening to me? Like this happened in my last relationship in part two. And then this happened in part three. I'm like, what in the actual fuck? Like, what am I doing wrong? And so my heart has just shattered. We were exclusive at this point. Like, he was my boyfriend and I was his girlfriend. Like, we weren't just seeing each other. We were actually dating and he literally just disappears. And so, obviously, you can imagine for me, I'm like calling him. I'm in school and I can't think about anything else. Like, I all I can think about is the fact that the love of my life has just disappeared and I can't find him. And then I realize. I don't know anything about this man other than the fact that he is in the military. I don't know where his parents live. I don't know where else I can find him. He, I can't even remember if he was still working at his place of work. I might have tried calling and I was getting nowhere. And then I ended up finding uh, a piece of paper where he printed out his resume. So he used my printer to print out resume, his resumes. And in his resume, I saw his address. This is total creeper status, but I was at this point where I had no idea what else to do. Like I didn't know what happened. And this is, this had been days at this point. And this is actually around the time of his birthday. So he had this watch that he used to love. And then I think something happened to it. Like it might have broke or something like that. And me being the person that I am, I went and found this exact same watch. It was a Guess watch and it was around $200, I think, or a little over two. It was between two and $300. I'm a college student at this point. I don't even think I was working at this point. So two to $300 at this time, nine years ago is quite a lot of money. 
and I got it engraved and it said, I love you. And then it had dash Evelyn. And so it was for him. And I was like, okay, well, even if this is ending, I need closure and I need to give this to him. I didn't know where I could find him because he wasn't answering his texts. He wasn't answering his calls. I'm pretty sure I blew his phone the fuck up. And I think at some points his phone was like completely off because calls just weren't going through. Anyways, there's a whole, we could go around in circles and circles about around what stories I tried to make up for myself to make sense of everything. And I feel like this has been a common theme in my life. Like things just happen and I'm like left in the dark. I have no idea what's happening and I'm trying to find closure. And so you can imagine me being in these situations. It's all I can think about. How was I able to focus on school? How was I able to focus on my friendships? How was I able to focus on anything else other than this man just left so abruptly? And so I got his address and... I took the bus. I took the motherfucking bus because I didn't have a car. And I don't even know if we had Ubers back then. We definitely did not have Ubers back then. And I took the bus, I believe either by myself or with a friend, to this house, which I didn't know whose house it was. I just knew it was a house on his resume. So I figured, okay, well, it must be a house that he stays at some point. So I had this little bag, okay? This was like a little bag that inside had his watch it had a couple of other things perhaps a note and I'm pretty sure might have also had a ticket to my dance recital that he had promised he was going to go to and so this whole period I can't even tell you how long this whole time of him just disappearing off the face of the earth was I'm pretty sure it was around like a month to two months that I can just sat around waiting and in these two months I'm devastated I'm heartbroken I'm a wreck. I can't focus on anything. I'm still living in a dorm. I don't go to parties. I don't hang out with friends. And I'm just this dull person. As a Scorpio, I can be an amazing person to be around and have such amazing infectious energy. Infectious energy. Very passionate. Very, you know, fiery. And then on the flip side, when I'm in a really dark place, that energy is also just as powerful and people feel that. So I was just this ball of negative energy to be around. And everyone, my friends that I had met, everyone in my dorm, on my floor, they made me a brownie. They said, you're a sunshine. Like they were there for me. And it's so sad for me looking back now because I appreciated it but I didn't fully appreciate it it was almost like I had all this love and all these people around me who truly cared about me and I couldn't even see it and all I could focus on was this man who fucking broke my heart and that was kind of the start of me really sabotaging the relationships around me because of this relationship that was I was in and at the time I didn't know that I was doing this I wasn't aware because I was so in this bubble and I had this lens and and it wasn't until I got out of that relationship where I realized I fucked up and I realized I had sabotaged so many relationships in my life that had the opportunity to grow into amazing meaningful meaningful relationships but I didn't allow it to. I sabotaged it. And this is what toxic relationships and toxic people do to you. They make you shelter yourself from the people who love you. And 
it forces you to sabotage the good that's in your life. And it's heartbreaking because I see this happen now with people all around me. And mind you, I was in college at this point. I was what? In my early 20s. But there are people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and even 60s that are experiencing this now. I cannot imagine now being in a relationship where I prioritize that over everybody else in my life. And I'm not perfect, but gone are the days of me sabotaging my relationships for that man. And this is what healing does to you. So I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else, but I am saying if this resonates with you in any way, it is so important that you recognize and have the awareness that this is happening so that you're able to start making the positive changes that you need to not continue sabotaging your relationships and really start seeing things in a different light. You know what I mean? And so this was a really difficult period because it was also around the time that I was finishing up school. I had my dance recital and we, he had out of nowhere, out of the blue, he randomly shoots me a text and I was like, oh my God, he's alive. And I guess he kind of just gave in and was like, you know, I will be at your dance recital because I promised that I would be there. And then guess what happens? He doesn't show up to the dance recital. And my mom did. And I crushed my dance recital, but I was still heartbroken and I was still in pain. My mom knew that this was all happening. She didn't like him. Nobody in my life liked him. My friends didn't like him. My, like, my roommates didn't like him. And at that time, I was almost upset that they didn't like him, but now I just see that all they did was really care for me and they knew that I deserved better. And him being in the military, the main story that I held on to to help me make sense of things was, oh, he's in this department and so there was a lot of shit going on with Ukraine and other parts of the world and there were some chaotic things happening. And I was like, you know what? He probably had to go off on duty and just couldn't tell anybody around him. So that's why he left and he's going to come back. <laughs> okay, Evelyn. So that was the story that I told myself, which, by the way, was literally the farthest thing from what actually happened. So, yeah, I made him my world. I sabotaged all my friendships and my relationships. And looking back now, I definitely had an anxious attachment style, which if you Google attachment styles, these are all the different ways that we form relationships in adulthood as a result of our childhood. So I had high anxiety. I had deep abandonment wounds. So I feared abandonment, which was literally my worst fear because I had abandonment wounds from like as a child and it was a common theme in every single one of my relationships. And so my worst fear of someone leaving me literally happened he literally just dipped off the face of the earth whereas at least the relationship prior to this he didn't just fully disappear we just ended without any logical reason at the time but this man just poof one day he's gone and you know what's fucking crazy is that as an adult now and doing the work that I do with my clients and helping them with relationships I actually hear more and more stories of men that literally just fall off the face of the earth. Like they start dating, they maybe have like this one persona and then out of nowhere, they just disappear. And then the woman, oftentimes it's the woman who, and when I say oftentimes, it's because I only, I've only seen and heard of stories of men disappearing, but I'm sure women do the same thing as well. So this isn't like a gender thing, but it's just what I've personally seen. And so there's this one story where 
this woman was dating this guy for a really long time and this is actually on tiktok so i don't know if you've seen it because it this story went viral and she was dating this man who she thought was you know with a certain name and then he just falls off the face of the earth one day and she thought he had died because he kind of made it seem like oh i got covid and then he just poof he's gone turns out this man literally lived a whole ass other life he had a wife and he had kids and he lied about his name and this girl he's she's like my whole relationship was a goddamn lie and this actually happens so much where one person creates a whole new identity and you know forms this relationship but then has this other relationship and i cannot believe i'm telling you this but this happened exactly to me except he wasn't married he just had a girlfriend and we were in our early 20s like i don't understand and at the same time i kind of do how people are so fucked in the head that they do this like they have a relationship and then they don't have the balls to end it or the courage sorry or the vagina to end it and they start something new in another area and then they realize holy fuck i'm in too deep and then they just disappear. So this person did that. And throughout this entire relationship, cannabis and smoking was a major problem for me. I was in my dorm room, you know, hitting bong out of my window. And I was smoking more and more and more. I was at this point, if I was not high prior to this, I was like high every moment of every day this was the time in my life where I would smoke before I went to work I would smoke when I come came home I smoked before I studied I smoked before going to exams I smoked go- before going to the gym when people drank before they go- went out I was the one who smoked I was literally permanently high and this whole thing that happened with Corey just made it 10 times worse and this is where my dependency and addiction got even worse from my previous relationship because I was using it to numb the pain and emotions that I was feeling at this time. So I'll kind of brush through the second part. I, we kind of reconvened and I had a lot of trust issues at this point. Like I just, because he triggered my abandonment fear so much and my biggest fear happened, I was so terrified of it happening again. So I clung on. And that's where the codependency comes in. But also he triggered a lot of my trust issues. I didn't trust that he wouldn't leave. I couldn't trust. So I made him my world even more than I did before. And this is when I completely cut out everybody in my life. I didn't have a social life. He was my world and he was the only thing that I focused on. And I really, I love people's families. Like, I love connecting with people's families. So when I get into relationships, it's really important to me that I connect with their parents and their siblings. And I really want them to like me. Because every man that I date, I see myself marrying them. And I'm like, well, I want us to have a really good home life because family is such an important value to me. So he had an older sister. And at the very beginning we were great. We were great friends and I just wanted her to like me and I just wanted to be the best like girlfriend of the brother. You know what I mean? And she was in a really toxic relationship at this point, but I hadn't known that it was a toxic relationship. And she had, oh, when I say someone who has like deep traumas and wounds, 
this was literally her and her boyfriend, like major trauma bonds between the both of them. And they were looking for a place to live. And it was around the summertime. And I had been the only one who was staying in my house because all my roommates lived out of country. So they had to go back to a different country or a different province. And this was all in Canada. So we had extra rooms and I let her and her boyfriend stay in the house with me the entire summer with my boyfriend and I. So we're in my room and then her and her boyfriend were in another room and they decided to get a puppy. They thought that this was a great time to get a puppy. They weren't there to train the puppy. They were fighting all day, every day. And fast forward, this sister ends up, I find out that she's stealing my clothes. Like she goes into my room, steals my clothes, takes pictures of it, takes selfies, posts on Instagram, and then completely denies that this is happening. And I'm like confused at this point. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And so because I didn't have the courage to go take it up with her, what I ended up doing was sharing with Corey, my boyfriend at the time. And I guess she was really pissed that I was talking about her behind her back because her brother confronted her and then she completely denied everything and then she accused me of stirring shit between her and her brother and causing family drama and this was when everything completely just took one of the biggest turns to have ever existed she turned tried to turn her entire family against me thankfully her family understood that this was a common pattern of hers so they didn't They didn't pin anything against me, but obviously nobody likes drama. And so she created a bunch of drama in the house. I was not able to really be around her. Her and her brother had a really tense relationship. But at the end of the day, like family's family, like no matter how fucked up the relationship is, oftentimes family members will choose each other at the very end of the day. And so we tried to evict her out of the house because we could no longer trust her in our house because we didn't have locks on our rooms so I felt very anxious leaving the house knowing that she was going to be there because I didn't know if she was going to take my money I didn't know if she was going to come in and just like steal my stuff and she actually stole a bunch of stuff she stole my clothes stole my shoes stole my sunglasses jewelry and god like lord knows what else she stole and it got to the point where we basically had to evict her and This was when an insane amount of drama happened with her boyfriend's um, family. And fast forward, you know, the dog has shit all over the house. The house smells like shit. The dogs chewed up everything. There's chaos. And that living in that stressful environment put a lot of stress on me and Corey's relationship. And eventually, um, the two of them, the sister and the boyfriend, moved out. And it's just me and him. But our relationship is already so tense at this point. And you could just see that the relationship is just starting to not be fun or exciting. Like that honeymoon phase is starting to be over. And I'll kind of end this with... I didn't realize that this episode was going to be so long. So I'm going to end it with sharing you this last piece. At the very end, I found out that he was still talking to his ex. And not only was he still talking to his ex... He was actually living in her base, her family's basement. And not only was he only living in her family's basement, I found out that he actually never broke up with her. They had gone to school together in a different province. He left abruptly, left her there, didn't break up with her, came to the city that I was going to school in. We start dating. 
And so he was dating the both of us at the same time without either of us realizing. And so get this, that watch that he broke that meant everything to him was actually the watch that his girlfriend, his other girlfriend gave him. So when it was his birthday and I was, I gave him this watch he kind of started feeling really guilty and he went into a deep, dark depression, which is what he told me afterwards. He finally came clean and, you know, essentially said that like he was in a depression because he didn't know what to do. His girlfriend at that time was sending him, I love you, happy birthday. And then I was doing the same. I think, I think, and I think it dawned on him that, holy fuck, I really have fucked up. What have I done? How do I remove myself from this? And obviously, I guess that's when he decided to just leave me and then hope that I would just go away. But obviously, I'm very persistent. So yeah, he was... I dated a man who had another girlfriend that I didn't know about. And our relationship ended on such a horrible note where I essentially ended up in the hospital. And somehow him and his family turned everything around on me. And it was the most toxic relationship. And so the things that I really want you to take away from this is one, it's okay to be the person who makes the first move, even if the relationship fucking blows up in your face. Because after that, I really stepped into my confidence and understood that, wow, if I want something, I have to go and get it. And I get to be in control. Number two, heal your abandonment wounds. Otherwise, that fear of abandonment and fear of being left behind is going to be so big and it's going to take over every area of your life. Don't sabotage your relationships and your friendships and the people around you for that one person. Allow yourself to heal the relationship you have with yourself so that you learn how to prioritize your relationships. Don't make this one person your entire world because if whatever happens with this person or your relationship with them, your entire world will literally go crumbling down. Had I prioritized my relationship with my best friends and the people in my dorm and my family, if I really focused on that, the ending of this relationship would not have broke me and affected me the way that it did in so many levels. And the major theme in all of this is heal your wounds so that you don't end up in situations like this. And again, don't settle for less than you deserve. And if you have a gut feeling that something's gone wrong, lean into that gut. Because chances, 100% of the time, your gut is always right. I had this gut feeling that there was something going on shady with this man. But I'm like, no, he's an amazing person. He bought you flowers on Valentine's Day. So he must be great. Yeah, no. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I love you. If you stayed till the very end, just know how much I appreciate you. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to upload onto your stories, tag me, and I'd love for you to just share with me what your thoughts are. And stay tuned for next week because we have the fourth and final episode of this relationship series. I've had so much fun as nerve-wracking and challenging as it has been to be vulnerable in this area. I also have gotten amazing feedback and I know that a lot of you have learned a lot from it. So I love you. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I'll catch you next week. Bye.